Uh, once again, uh, good afternoon, everybody. Um, greetings from the Crowded House in Sheffield. Um, it's good to be here in Rotherham, like I say. I can't get over how nice it is in here. Nice coffee, too. Thank you so much for your welcome. Um, we're going to be um, thinking today about something from the life of Noah, um, which uh, we had read out to us earlier where he wakes up with a bit of a headache. Um, but first, um, I am a bit of a um, nerd, um, really in every way, but when it comes to words. And did you know that every, uh, every year um, in, I think, January, uh, they name the word of the year? You know that they do that? So kind of like new words are always coming up. People are always coming up with new words. Uh, in English, and every year they come up, uh, the sort of Oxford English Dictionary or whatever it is, names a word of the year. Um, sort of a new word that's come into the language that suddenly everybody is using. Um, does anybody know what the word of the year was in 2013? Can anybody guess a new word? Yeah? Wow, nice job, yeah. Selfie it was. Um, it beat strong competition from bedroom tax. Um, and uh, which uh, and and binge watch that was another one. Does anybody here binge watch? Do you know what that means? It's when you uh you watch you watch through a whole season of like TV shows, sort of like you know you go you watch about three hours a night on box set or Netflix or something like that. Anyway, it wasn't binge watch, and it wasn't that other one I said bedroom tax. It was selfie. Um, do we know what? Does anyone know what a selfie is? Does anyone know what it means? It is a new word. Taking pictures of yourself and uh, it's, it's taking pictures of yourself. You know, you get your mobile phone, your iPhone, your thing out. This is not an Apple phone, so I can do this. And you know, you do that thing. If I'd had time to think about it, I could have taken one of myself now and got it back there, but I can't. But you know, you take a picture of yourself, and um, usually people then put them on like Facebook or something like that, or Twitter or one of these online things. Um, here are some, uh, let's see if you recognise a few selfies just to prove that these were, um, this was the thing. Um, apparently this is a really famous selfie from uh, the Oscars, I think. Um, I don't read enough copies of OK Magazine to know who all of those people are. Anyone recognise anyone? Brad Pitt, yes, that ugly guy there at the back. Yeah? Sorry? Bradley Cooper. The very, that's him, okay. He might be taking the picture, actually. Oh. Ellen DeGeneres, she's at the front, blonde lady, she's a talk show host. I think she was hosting the Oscars, actually. Meryl, yeah, Meryl Streep. Is that Julia Roberts? Yeah, okay, I think it is, actually. Kevin Spacey. Nice job. Anyway, this, apparently this is the selfie with the most number of famous faces in, like ever. I've got another selfie coming up, see if you can identify. Um, that was also, that was from um, Nelson Mandela's funeral. That's not the selfie itself, but as you can see, that's... Um, what's the lady in the middle? Can you remember? Oh. No, Denmark. She's the uh, president or something of Denmark. And she took a picture of herself with... Barack Obama and David Cameron at Nelson Mandela's funeral. And you can see Barack Obama's wife, Michelle, looking <laughs> unimpressed. She thinks maybe her husband's flirting a little bit with um, the Danish Prime Minister. Um, here's another one, I think. That's another famous uh, selfie from earlier this year. That's the Pope and three um, other people having their picture taken with him. 
and uh, selfies have even gone interstellar. Um, famously, this was, I think, was taken by someone on the International Space Station or something, so this is a selfie taken in space uh, by some astronaut whose name um, I don't know at all. Why? Okay, I understand that you're really good at talking about stuff around your tables, so I'm going to let you do this. So this phenomenon, and whether it's a selfie or anything, people love to take pictures of themselves and put them all over the internet for everybody to see. Okay, it's it's very very popular. Take a couple of minutes around your tables, and just think, why? Why do you think that's such? Why do people do it? What's the what's what's the point? See if you can have a have a think. Talk for a minute, and then shout a few ideas out. Okay. Um, I think it's quite a difficult question, isn't it, actually? Um, and you're thinking, I think, if you're talking about it, what you're actually talking about are some of the most important questions about what makes people do what they do, that there are. Any bright ideas about why, why people like to put selfies on Facebook and stuff? Yeah. Is there a song? Okay. Oh, there's a microphone here. I don't want to monopolise it. So it's popular, yeah? Yeah, okay. Any other ideas? So vanity, share your experience, yeah? Insecurity, interesting. Yeah? In the case of the action politicians, sorry. Look who I'm with, yeah, so sort of showing off. Yeah? Makes me look good. It's interesting to... Uh, because people have always had portraits painted, right? You know? But the portrait, the, the artist has quite a lot of power, doesn't he? You know? You, you, you're the face or whatever, but the painter kind of has a lot of control. But the magic of a selfie with a mobile phone is that you are the portrait and you are the artist. You have complete control over the image that you present to the world. Um, and I think that's just really significant. The popularity of that kind of thing is kind of a way of saying, I think we've had a similar idea, this is the person I am in the world that I belong in. You know, I, This is the place where I, I'm important. These are the people who make me the person I am. Um, whether it's your family or your boyfriend or your girlfriend or your friends or the people you want to be your friends. Um, you know, you're taking a photo of yourself and telling you all because you want to tell the world something about the person that you are or maybe even the person that you wish you were. Did you see, I don't know if you heard about this, but recently there was a, um, to raise money for, I think, cancer awareness, there was a, a thing where a lot of people took photos of themselves and put them on social media, uh, photos of themselves without any makeup on. You see that? I think it was to raise money for um, cancer awareness. And a lot of women especially, I think the idea was it was women, uh, took pictures of themselves with their mobile phones, no makeup. You know, first thing in the morning, I don't know. Um, I didn't do it um, because it would have been too horrible for people to see. But why was that considered... Such as, why was that something that people even thought of? And I guess, again, it just reflects this desire, this thing that people want, that, that they want to have control of their image. And it's kind of brave to put a picture of yourself out there 
not looking that great. Um, but even that, you see, it's not that brave, is it? Because I think even that whole thing about putting a picture of yourself not looking that great is all part of telling a story about yourself as being the kind of person who cares enough about something important like cancer awareness that you're prepared to do this. Why is it brave to put a picture of yourself on Facebook with no makeup on? I think it's this, and I think this is what we're going to get to with Noah. I think it's fear of exposure. Fear of exposure. Let me say what I mean. We all want people to see us. We want people to see us, to think we're great, to love us, to approve of us, but we don't want to be exposed. We don't want to see the real us. You know, the us, I don't know what it is with you, you know, the us when you've just had a row with your partner in the car or something like that, you know, and your window's down. Or when you're picking your nose in your car and you forget that the windows are see-through and actually, you know, it's totally public. Whatever it might be for you, you don't want people to see the real you. So it's kind of natural to be impressed by someone who's prepared to put a picture of themselves looking a little bit rough. But imagine if a picture of yourself, a selfie, wasn't controlled by you at all, but by someone else. Wouldn't that be horrible? The idea of a picture of you appearing anywhere, social media, adverts out there, at a time of someone else's choosing, you know, could be any time, without your knowledge. It's too horrible to contemplate, isn't it? You know, there's, there's probably about like 20 seconds a day, literally, when I'd be happy to have a picture of myself taken and put out there. But the other 23 hours, 59 minutes and 40 seconds, I hope no one's watching, you know? Or at least not watching with a camera. And that's because we have this fear of exposure. We have a peop- fear of people seeing the, rust, seeing the real us. So, a lot of us go through life having to kind of manage a sort of imaginary us, a fake us, a fake me. But that project is hard work. We have to look a certain way. We have to manage our relationships in a certain way. We have to find a way of controlling the ideas that people have about us through who we talk to, how we talk to them, the kind of work we do, the kind of dreams we chase, the kind of people that we spend time with. It's a dangerous project and anything could set it off course. Anything could set off course this project to make ourselves look good. Being seen with the wrong person, being seen doing the wrong thing, being seen in the wrong place, being caught at a bad moment. That's why I think for a lot of us, life can be pretty miserable a lot of the time and pretty exhausting a lot of the time because we're working so hard, 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 hard to create this idea of ourselves for other people to see. So we come to Noah, this great hero of the Bible story. Did anyone see the film, I don't know, in the last couple of months? I mean, it it wasn't very good, okay? So, don't worry about it. Um, But it was Russell Crowe was was playing Noah and it had, um, what's her name, Hermione from Harry Potter in it and so on. Um, I can't remember her name. Emma Watson? Anyway, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter what her name is. 
Anyway, in the Bible, Noah is a great man. You probably know something about the story of Noah, what happened. Um, God uh, sent a flood um, because of all the sin that had filled the world, had filled the earth. Um, But Noah and his family, Noah was chosen because he was the one righteous man uh, in the world at that time. So he knew God. Okay, He wasn't perfect, not by a long way, but he walked with God, is what the Bible says. So he's a great man, but he's not perfect. And at some point after the flood, the events that we had read for us happened. Did you notice what happened? Uh, Noah becomes a winemaker. Why not? But um, he gets drunk, horribly drunk, on the wine that he's made. And he wakes up with a bit of a headache, uh, it would seem. Did you notice what happened? I'm actually just going to read the verses out one more time, the, uh, the key ones, just so you hear them from the Bible, and you don't have to just take my word for it, but you hear what they say. Now, this is what it says. Uh, Noah, a man of the soil, uh, proceeded to plant a vineyard. When he drank some of its wine, he became drunk and lay uncovered inside his tent. Okay, lay uncovered, so he's naked. Ham, the father of Canaan, and uh, saw his father's nakedness and told his two brothers outside. So Ham is one of Noah's sons, and he sees Noah is naked, and what does he do? He tells his brothers. Two brothers he has, they're called Shem and Japheth. Uh, Shem and Japheth took a garment and laid it across their shoulders. Then they walked in backwards and covered their father's nakedness. Their faces were turned the other way so that they would not see their father's nakedness. So Ham, the youngest son, okay, let me just make it clear here. So here's a selfie of Noah, okay, and it's not a pretty sight. He's drunk, he's naked, you know, I don't know, he's snoring, he's probably dribbling. Um, I don't know how it would have looked. And Ham, his son, sees him. What does he do? He tells his brothers. Now, when Noah wakes up, what does he say? How does he feel about Ham, his son? He's furious. Noah is furious with his youngest son for, for doing what he did. In fact, the Bible tells us he curses him. That means that he, he wishes ill upon him from God. And for Noah to do that, I mean, Noah knew what God was like and what it was like when God was angry. Um, that was a pretty big deal. So what had Ham done wrong? A lot of people read the story of Noah and kind of scratch their heads um, because they think, well, okay, he saw his father naked and he told his brothers. um, But what's all this thing about cursing him and all that kind of stuff? Isn't that an overreaction? Some people look at the story of Noah and they think that maybe there's something that Ham did that, that it doesn't really tell us in the text. You know, some people imagine that maybe uh, Ham um, tried to sleep with his mother or something like that, and the Bible is kind of a bit embarrassed about it, so it doesn't actually say that. But I think that's kind of speculating, really, and I don't think we need to speculate, because although what Ham did, telling his brothers about his father being naked, might not seem like a big deal to you, but maybe it does, but it might not seem like a big deal to you, actually, it is a big deal, because there is a bigger issue at stake in what's going on here. And to understand what that big issue is, we have to compare what Ham did with what his brothers did, 
Shem and Japheth, because they did something totally different when they find out. Did you see what they did? They go to great efforts not to look at their father, and they go to great efforts to cover his nakedness. Great efforts. And if, you know, they, they get a garment, they walk in backwards, you know, they don't want to see. They don't want to see. Why not? Are they prudish? I mean, you know, is it just like they don't want to see their dad naked? No. Almost certainly what's happening is that is Noah is exposed. You know, he has sinned, he has, he has um, done something he should not do, and the consequences of his sin are kind of there. He's laid bare, and they want to dignify him, to protect him, to cover him. So they go to great efforts not to look, and they go to great efforts to cover him up. In contrast to Ham, who has seen his dad and just gone straight off and told somebody else. Ham exposes Shem and Japheth cover. The Bible is a really realistic book. If you don't know the Bible, I just encourage you to read it and constantly find out how realistic it is. Some people imagine that the Bible is full of wishful thinking and fairy stories and stuff. I tell you, it isn't. It's a realistic book. And one of the things it's realistic about is the fact that we all have reason to be ashamed. We all want control of our own selfies. And that's because we all have reason to be ashamed. And that's a big problem. And that's a big problem for us because the Bible is a story of a God who made us and sees our hearts. Um, Earlier on in the book of Genesis, the first book of the Bible that we read from, um, you would read about the story of God creating the world. And um, he creates the world and he creates Adam and Eve, who are the first people who he puts in a place called Eden. And it says God saw all that he had made and it was very good. So God makes everything, including people, plants, animals, and he sees and it's very good. God is a God who sees. In the story of Noah, we learn why God sends this terrible flood. This is what Genesis chapter 6 verse 5 says. It says, The Lord saw how great man's wickedness on the earth had become, and that every inclination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil all the time. In Genesis chapter 1, God saw all he had made, and it was very good. The next time in the book we read about God seeing, we read that he saw how great man's wickedness on the earth had become. And that every inclination, everything about people was evil all the time. God sees. He is a God who sees. He doesn't see the show that we put on. He doesn't see our carefully practiced image. He doesn't see your Facebook profile picture or your family portrait. He does see those things, of course. But he sees the thoughts of our hearts. That's what the Bible says. That means everything about us. He sees our motives, our loves, our hates, the things we want, the things we don't want. He's our maker and he's our keeper and from him nothing is hidden. He sees the ultimate make-up free selfie of each and every one of us. And he doesn't just see through the makeup, through the smile, through the pretense. He sees everything. And I don't think that any of us can have much argument with the Bible's verdict. And that is that that's not good news for any of us. 
That's at the heart of this thing called sin. That is that we want to be the judges. We want to be the ones who see. We don't want to be seen and judged by God. We want to hide ourselves and expose others. The Bible tells us that by God we are seen and we are exposed. And we have reason to fear that before a God who loves only what is good and who hates sin. So what do we do? One option might be to hide from God. Hide from God. But there's nowhere to hide from him. Uh, After Adam and Eve sin, interestingly, the first thing they try and do, I don't know if any of you know the story, what's the first thing Adam and Eve do after they sin against God? They hide, yeah, they jump in a bush. Hide. Absolutely. But they can't hide from God. God finds them. Um, And uh, the Bible knows that we can't hide from God. Here are a few words from Psalm 139. I'm going to put my glasses on to read these. Uh, This is what someone writing much later uh, said about it being impossible to hide from God. He said this, Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you're there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me and the light become night around me, even the darkness will not be dark to you. The light, the night will shine for you like the day. For darkness is as light to you. For you created me, you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. Can't hide from God. He made us. He shaped us. He put us together. He sees everything. We can't hide from him. So what would you like to have happen? Here's the good news. When Adam and Eve sin and they hide, what does God do for them? He provides a covering for them. God covers our shame. God makes it possible for him to look at us and be his delight. Do you understand? So God doesn't, this is the great news, I'll try and explain how this happens in a moment. God doesn't say, sin doesn't matter, all your all your, all the wrong you do, all the thoughts you think, all the feelings you have, he doesn't say those things don't matter or I won't look, I'll, I'll look somewhere else. God's plan is to be able to look at you and be delighted 100%. Not with the pretense, not with the show, but with the real you. God makes it possible for God to look at us with delight. How? Well, in the story of Noah, we saw a hint at how. Shem and Japheth walk backwards with a sheet in their hand to cover their exposed father and protect him from shame. They cover him and they don't look upon the shame of his sin. And so we hear from Noah. We've already noticed that he curses Ham. But what does he do with Shem and Japheth who covered him? He blesses them. Um, He says these rather strange words, which I think I'm going to read out from my Bible. Um, We had them read out to us a second ago. 
but they're really important. This is what he said. He also said, this is Noah, Blessed be the Lord, the God of Shem. Blessed be the Lord, the God of Shem. Shem, the son who covers him. God ties himself somehow to Shem. He becomes the God of Shem. He doesn't say, funnily enough, it doesn't say, blessed be Shem. Noah says, blessed be the Lord, the God of Shem. God's purpose is to defeat sin, to make us acceptable to him in history, are suddenly tied to this man Shem. He becomes the God of the one who covers sin. And if you read on in Genesis, you'll find that Shem is one of the great, 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 I don't know how many great grandparents of a man called Abraham. And Abraham is the one through whom who God will choose and from whose family, from whose lineage, will come the Lord Jesus, the one who covers sin. This is what one of the people who um, knew Jesus um, said about, um, about what Jesus does. It's Romans chapter 4, verse 7. He says, Blessed are they whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Blessed are they whose sins are covered. The Bible teaches that sins are covered when atonement is made. In fact, you might have heard that funny word atonement before, but it means the same thing as to cover. And how is atonement made in the Bible? Well, God teaches that it's made by the blood of an innocent sacrifice. It's the blood of an innocent sacrifice that covers us, that makes atonement. And that sacrifice of atonement has been made. And that sacrifice of atonement is Jesus. Um, This is how um, Paul puts it in Romans 3, verse 25. Um, Look out for that word, atonement, which means cover. God presented him, that's Jesus, as a sacrifice of atonement through faith in his blood. God presented Jesus as the sacrifice of atonement, the one whose blood covers our sin. The blood of Jesus does for us what Shem did for Noah when he walked in backwards with that garment in his hands and covered his father's shame. There's lots we might try and do to keep God away. We might try and hide from him, but we can't. He sees us. He knows us inside out. We might try and pretend, but we can't even pretend to each other, let alone to God. We could try saying sorry. Sorry, God. But we know that It's not going to solve the real problem. It's not going to change our hearts. It's not going to make tomorrow any better. We could hope that God looks the other way and pretends that he hasn't seen anything. But that's not what he's like. He's the God who knows us. He can't look the other way. We are his creation. We are the ones who he has made, who he made because he wanted to have glory for himself. Here's the good news as we finish. God himself the judge has provided the covering we need. The one who sees you and me doesn't have to look the other way. He gazes at us 
and he sees Jesus Christ because of that blood that Jesus shed that covers us. If you're in Christ, he sees you and is utterly delighted. 100% sees you through and through and there's not a bad bone in your body because you are united with Christ. We don't cover up our bad bits to God. We run to Christ. Maybe you aren't a Christian today. Let me encourage you. Maybe you have an awareness that you're not the person that you think that you should be. Maybe you don't live up to your own standards or to the standards of anyone around you. Maybe you have a real awareness of that. I want to encourage you in that. That's not a bad place to be. Because we believe that God, that we need to recognise that. That that's God's work. But in response to that, whether that's a feeling of discomfort or shame or embarrassment or just anger at yourself that you have. Don't try and hide from God. Don't try and pretend. Run to Christ. And by being in him, by trusting in his blood to cover you, you can know that God looks on you and is delighted. Do you see here the kindness of God? The thing that he hates, sin. He acts to cover. God makes us into something he delights to look at by giving his son for us on the cross. And through his blood we are washed, we are cleansed, and we are covered. God makes something ugly beautiful. God can look at us if we're in Christ and be delighted. Uh, shall I close with a prayer before we sing again? Cool. Uh, let's pray. Father, we thank you for um, your work in providing a way for our shame to be covered. Father, we acknowledge that we are not the people we should be. Um, We acknowledge that we are sinners, that we are those who have reason to fear, to be afraid of a God who sees us and knows us and loves what is good. Uh, We acknowledge that we can't hide from you, that we can't run from you, that we can't pretend, that no makeup, no show, no performance is going to fool you uh, or anyone really. Um, But we thank you that we don't have to keep on striving to put on a show. We thank you that in Christ you have made a way, you have provided the covering that we needed. Uh, We thank you that his blood is enough to cover us and to cleanse us. We thank you that you delight in us, Father, because of the Lord Jesus. I pray, Father, that you'd help us to believe that. Uh, If we're Christians today, help us to believe that. I pray that it would cause us to uh, confess our sins openly to you and to live lives um, where we don't uh, strive to prove ourselves but delight in the work that you have done. Father, I pray that uh, if anyone here doesn't know uh, Jesus, isn't a Christian, pray, Father, that uh, even today uh, you would do a good work, that you would uh, cause them to run to Christ and find covering uh, and uh, freedom from guilt and from shame. In Jesus' name we ask it. Amen.